Brothers and sisters, before we begin today, I just want um, to first lift up our brothers and sisters who are in Syria, in Turkey, and throughout the Middle East, who have been affected by the earthquake. And so we'll take a moment in silence and we'll bow our heads just to pray for them, yeah? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of hope and mercy, we lift up to you all victims of this latest earthquake and those responding with assistance and aid. Protect all who are in any form of danger. Provide help to those in need. Strengthen the weary. Console the grieving. Heal the suffering. And bless those engaged in disaster relief efforts with safety and courage. Help all people of goodwill respond with compassion and generous hearts. Confident in your loving care, you'll respond as we cry for help. We pray to you, our Father, for you are our refuge and our strength, our sure rock in the midst of any storm, the light which pierces every darkness, and an anchor of hope for those who contend with despair. Reach out your hand to all those who fear that they are sinking beneath the waves of pain or feel as if they're too weary to carry on. May they receive that courage, resilience, and healing grace that can only come from you. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, who carried his cross for us to save us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In all parishes today throughout the diocese, by the way, there will be a second collection that will go mostly to the Christians of Turkey and Syria, who, by the way, Syria and Aleppo was very, very badly hit. There is around maybe 15 to 20,000 Christians who are now experiencing kind of homelessness. A lot of them have lost their homes. A lot of them are experiencing the same situation that they did mostly when ISIS had hit where they lost their homes, they lost their family, they lost everything. And so now here they are, again, taking refuge in churches. And so the diocese, through Help Iraq and Adopt a Refugee, will be collecting a second collection during this Mass and all Masses throughout Sunday. So we're all called to help our brothers and sisters in need. Amen? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've been on this theme of humility for a while now, right? On this theme of humility, what does it mean to be humble last week? We talked about all these things that distract us with pride, all these things in our daily life, right, that distract us, all these things in our daily life which cause us to look at others, and rather in jealousy, in envy, whatever it might be. Sometimes we think we're greater than others, whether we realize it consciously or not. Sometimes we gossip out of that. So here is these great practices in humility that we're going through. And if we remember from last week, it's not at all difficult to grow in humility. It's a very simple thing. The problem is our pride at times does not allow it. Our pride does not allow us to grow in humility, to see ourselves as we truly should see ourselves, that we're not better than anyone else, that we are not our own God, but rather that we depend completely upon God. We're going to enter into Lent into a couple weeks, right? Enter into Lent, that great fasting, and the more we fast, the more we give up the sin, the more in which we realize that we are dependent upon God, And that's something we have to keep in mind. Today's story out of the gospel, both stories really illustrate for us how it is that Jesus wants us to respond to him. How it is that Jesus wants us to come to him. How is it that Jesus offers us this great mercy, offers us this great love? How do we respond to it? We're given a story with a leper, a man who has leprosy, and second, the centurion or a Roman soldier, who wants nothing more than his servant to be healed, 
Both are significant because both things are things that no rabbi in that day, in the time of Jesus, would have ever thought of doing. Ever. A man who has leprosy, for example, in the book of Leviticus, right? Thousands of years before Jesus, here is this book of Leviticus that's written. And here are the Jews who are leaving Israel, and as they're leave, or leaving Egypt, rather, going to the promised land. And there are all these laws because God wants to protect them from disease. He wants to protect them from other things, right? And so one of the things he write, they write about in Leviticus, in one of these old books that Moses writes about, is how they should deal with people with leprosy. Leprosy was a terrible, terrible, terrible skin disease. One of the worst diseases you can imagine. Once a person caught leprosy, they would have ulcers all over their body. They would begin to smell as those ulcers would leak fluid. They would lose their eyebrows. They would lose kind of their facial features. Their, their muscles would contract to the point where their hands became like claws. And sooner or later, their hands would just kind of fall off. Their muscles would just kind of deteriorate to the point where their arms and their limbs would fall off, right? So here is this terrible disease. And once you had it, the worst part about it, even though you were basically going to die, the worst part about it was that in that long process of dying, could take anywhere from seven to ten years, you were cast out of society. Nobody cared about you anymore. You were basically left for dead. You were already seen as dead. In fact, to the Jews, you could not even allow for a man with leprosy to enter into any walled city. They wouldn't even be allowed in Jerusalem. They wouldn't be allowed to worship at the temple. They wouldn't be allowed to do much. They had to stay a distance away from people. And as they would approach a crowd of people, they would have to yell, unclean, unclean, for all people to hear them as they said that, so that they would clear a path for this leper. Because you could not come into contact with if you did come into contact with a leper, you would be considered unclean yourself. If a leper simply pokes his head into a, into a clean home, for, for example, doesn't even enter the home, but just pokes his head, that home from the ground to the ceiling is considered unclean. Leprosy was a terrible disease. Many rabbis at that time, when it is that you approached them and if you had leprosy, sometimes they would stone you. They would throw stones so that you would leave them alone. One time there's a story of, of, a, of a man who did not eat his, uh, his food that he bought on the street because the leper was passing by. This is all during the time of Jesus. This is how much it is they rejected lepers. But here is this leper in today's story who does not stay away from Jesus, who does not yell, unclean, unclean, but he comes into direct contact with Jesus, something that his followers would have been very taken back by. In the old scriptures, you're supposed to ignore them. In the old scriptures, you're supposed to cast them to the side. But here is Jesus, who doesn't at all cast him to the side, but invites him, invites him to healing. And this leper is putting Jesus' life in danger, in a sense. He's going to infect Jesus, right? But he doesn't care because he comes with complete confidence to Jesus. In the second story, we see the centurion, a Roman soldier, who his slave is suffering. And by the way, slaves back in the day were nothing. A master could decide if a slave died today or lived tomorrow. It was up to them. They were seen as just a thing. A thing that you would use, and when it died, okay, whatever. It was seen as just a thing, as an it, whatever it might be. But the centurion loved his servant. A centurion was a Roman soldier. And this centurion was really said to be very honorable, right? To be very kind of well looked upon by the people. But he, and if here he is being seen to go to Jesus, he would have been seen 
as something kind of uh, his reputation would have been cast aside. He would have been seen as nothing. But he goes to Jesus anyways. What do both have in common, my brothers and sisters? Confidence. Confidence in Jesus. They both have a confidence that if I approach Jesus, what's going to happen in my life? That if I have this confidence, I have this trust that he is going to solve everything. Solve everything as long as I come to him with that trust. Very often, we don't. Very often, we think of ourselves as too unclean. Too unclean to come to Jesus. As if when I come in contact with Jesus, I might with my sins infect him with whatever it is that I have. One of the worst things I hear as a priest is this. Father, my sin is too great. My sin is too terrible. What I've done in my past can never be forgiven. You know, it's even too, God, it's even too great for God to heal himself. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Because God in his mercy is showing us that when we come into contact with Jesus, when it is that we meet the person of Jesus directly, what happens? We don't infect him, but we are cleaned. Just as the leper who comes to Jesus kneels before him, he's not worried about infecting Jesus. He says, you and you alone have the power to forgive me. You and you alone have the power to cleanse me. How do we go to Jesus? With complete trust? Or do we hold back? With complete trust, or do we hold back? How do we go to Jesus? Sometimes, with our problems, we can think we just we don't really focus in on prayer. We don't focus in on what it is that God wants us to do. Sometimes God very readily gives us the answer in prayer that we're looking for, but we're not paying attention, or we don't show that trust and confidence in Him. Why is that? It's because of the second thing we're going to focus on. We don't come to Him in humility. We don't come to him in complete humility. Here is the leper who has this crazy disease, but he goes to Jesus and he doesn't say, I demand that you heal me. How many times do we go to God? I demand that you answer my prayers. I demand that you heal me. That's not how he answers it. Lord, if you will it, I can be clean. If you will it, I can be clean. Last week when we talked about humility... And as we continue to grow in humility, the more we realize who we are in relationship to other people, the more we take that into our prayer life. The more we pray like this with Jesus, the more we realize, Jesus, I really am nothing. I really don't deserve anything. But if you will it, you can heal me. You can deliver me from this sin. You can help me to live for you more and more, to live for my family more and more, to live for my children more and more. You can help me to realize what true love is, but true love is only seen when I am humble. And when we practice those things of humility, when we pray for those others, that we, again, like we said last week, we don't really care for, we find obnoxious, we find to be kind of annoying, we find that we are envious of, guess what? When we pray for them, it's harder and harder not to love them. And when we find it that we're loving them more and more, we end up loving Jesus more and more. This is why we talk about humility, because when you're humble with other people, guess what? You'll become humble yourself. When you realize your true self, you realize who God is to you. Don't be afraid to go to Jesus in humility. Third, in other accounts of the gospel, we hear about the leper being cleansed, being clean. Jesus says this a lot. Go forward, you are now clean, but don't tell anybody. 
In other accounts, for example, in the Gospel of Mark, guess what? He tells people. He tells people, hey, here's this guy named Jesus. Here's what he did for me. Do you know what that's called? Evangelization. It's called sharing the good news. As we enter into, as we enter into uh, Lent, as we enter into this great time of fasting, as we enter into this great time of being alive with Christ the more in which we fast, there's something I want us to keep in mind. Do not be afraid of speaking about Jesus in public. Do not be afraid about speaking about Jesus in public. How has Jesus cured you? How has Jesus helped you? My brothers and sisters, evangelization is very simple. And I've heard it like this. It's like telling a group of starving people, and you yourself are starving, where it is that they can find food, where it is they can find bread. The whole world is starving. The whole world is looking for bread. The whole world is looking for food. You have found it. If you who are sitting here today have found this food, you have found what it is that you're looking for, you are now full with Christ, why is it that when we leave here we are so ashamed to speak about Jesus and how it is that he's changed our life with just our family members, with just our friends, with just our co-workers? Jesus has changed your life. If you think he hasn't changed your life, when you pray about it, the more and more you pray about how has Jesus changed my life, you will see that he has, in fact, changed your life. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't receive this food that you are going to receive today and keep it to yourself selfishly for the next week until you come the next week and the next week and the next week. No. When it is that you have met the person of Jesus Christ, it's selfish to keep it to yourself. Go out there. Evangelize. Spread the good news. Tell people about what you found when you find these things. In all humility, don't be afraid to share it with others. Because when you share it with others, they are also saved. They also find Jesus. And they also are cured. Our brothers and sisters, we pray today that we might find that gift of humility, we might find that gift of confidence to go out there, to proclaim the word of Jesus both now and forever. Amen?